Will you join me in prayer? Merciful God, silence everything in us that we may hear your voice. Amen. Our first scripture lesson today is Psalm 8. Let us listen together for God's word to us this day. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And our second reading today comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11 to 13. Finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the love, of the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit will be with all of you. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our solo this morning will be a familiar tune, but the words are new. This piece will serve as our confession of sin. So as we listen, let us enter into a time of prayer.
may God have mercy and forgive us all our sins. Amen. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? These words have been playing on a loop in my head for the last two weeks. God created a beautiful world, the heavens and the moon and the stars, the earth and all the creeping things that creep upon it. God created humankind in God's own image, you and me in God's own image. And God entrusted to us the care of this world and all the parts of it, including the care of one another. But somewhere along the line, we seem to have stopped remembering that our place in things is, as the psalmist says, lower than God. And forgetting that, we forgot or willfully ignored, perhaps, the part where we were all created in this way. And so all humans, well, so humans started inventing reasons to have dominion over one another, reasons to hate one another, reasons to hurt and to kill one another. In her book, So You Want to Talk About Race, Iliomo Olu'u defines racism as a prejudice against someone based on race when those prejudices are reinforced by systems of power. And friends, when prejudice based on race and systems of power come together, we get white supremacy. If you turned in to worship this morning hoping for an escape from the real world, that's not what we're offering today. Today is the day marked on the Christian calendar to celebrate Trinity Sunday, a moment where we pause to give thanks for God as three in one God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God the Creator, Sustainer, and Redeemer. We give thanks for the ways that we come to know God better through each of these persons. We give thanks for the many names we have to call upon God with. And we ponder together the mystery of how God can be three in one so similar and so different in nature and expression. This day is an important reminder that God is not static. Yes, there are things about God that are unchanging, God's love, God's sovereignty, God's mercy, and yet God is able to be seen and known in different ways, in different moments, to different people. The Second Corinthians passage we just read is the end of a letter that Paul has written to the people of Corinth. He has a lot to say especially since this is his second letter to them. This passage is a part of the lectionary or schedule of readings for today because of the Trinitarian blessing at the end, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Now, who you are and how and where you have been raised and where you are sitting, both literally and figuratively, will influence how you hear these words today. You may hear them as a moment of peace in an otherwise chaotic world. You may lean into the love of God and find yourself longing for more love in the world. 
You may be challenged by hearing that you need the grace that Jesus so freely gives. For me, today and this past week, I just keep thinking about that Holy Spirit. See, when I offer the benediction on Sunday mornings, by the time I get to the part about the Holy Spirit, I'm usually imagining some sort of quilt being wrapped around each of us, that somehow we are wrapped up and held together by the grace, love, and communion of this God in the Trinity. But this last week, I just kept thinking about how for most moments in my life, I may have imagined the Holy Spirit in too sanitized a way. And now that even Target is out of hand sanitizer, that spirit is finally free of the box that I want to keep her in and is blowing all around, lifting the thin veil and laying bare the reality that we live in. In this country, black and brown and indigenous bodies are not treated or respected or given the dignity of mattering in the same way as white ones, period. That may not be what you want to hear. And it's certainly painful to say, but if I as a pastor and all of us as Christians cannot name the sin that we see in the world and the systems that we participate in, in our very selves, how can we possibly hope for forgiveness or reconciliation? In a letter to Chicago public school parents from their CEO, Dr. Janice K. Jackson, she writes this. Today I'm writing to you as a mother of a black boy who was worried for him and the millions of other black boys in our country. Tomorrow and in the days and weeks to come, we will have some real difficult conversations about the worth of a person, not only in death, but also in life. So God created humankind in God's image. It turns out that that might be the most challenging piece of scripture for us. Because if we believed that humankind was created in God's image, and I mean really believed it, about ourselves as individuals and about every person in our neighborhood and our city and our state and our country, I'm not sure there would be a need for protesting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But instead... So many of us, and I'm speaking to my white siblings here, so many of us turn a blind eye to the systems of oppression that benefit us. We get offended when we hear the words white supremacy because it brings up feelings of guilt, of fear, of confusion. But to that, Aluo asks, I'm talking about issues of systemic racism, which is measurably impacting the health, wealth, and safety of millions of people of color. What are you talking about right now? When I look to your heavens, the works of your fingers, what are human beings that you are mindful of them? We are an imperfect people living in an imperfect world, and the reality of that truth seems to get bigger and heavier every day. There is no escaping from it. There is no hiding from it. All that is left to do is to face it. 
in 2016, our denomination approved a church-wide anti-racism policy called Facing Racism, a vision of the intercultural community. It's a long and powerful document, and I'm going to read a piece of it for you. While recognizing that racism victimizes many different racial ethnic groups, we acknowledge its unique impact on the African-American community. Given the particular forms that anti-black racism has taken in the United States of America, both historically, including slavery and Jim Crow, and today, including mass incarceration, disproportionate policing, economic inequality, and continuing acts of racially oriented violence and hate, we state clearly, God loves blackness. Too many have denied this basic truth for too long. Our choice to align ourselves with love and not hate requires both a rejection of racism and a positive proclamation that God delights in black lives. Friends, a positive proclamation that God delights in black lives. What are human beings that God is mindful of them? We are God's beloved creation. Each of us created in God's own image. So we don't face the problems of the world, the problems that we created. We don't face them alone. We face them as God's children. And when we choose to stand with God, that means that we place ourselves at the margins, ready to listen, ready to learn, ready to speak up, and uses our voices and our very bodies to demonstrate God's love for all of creation. My white siblings, we've got a lot of work to do. We need to educate ourselves about the systems we are a part of and how white supremacy works in them to our benefit. We need to educate ourselves about the language that is used to understand and dismantle these systems we need to spend time reflecting on the communities we have been and continue to be a part of and the messages that we were raised with. And in many cases, begin the work of deconstructing false narratives we have taken for granted as true. We need to read and watch and listen to and lift up the voices and experiences of people of color. We need to analyze the news we take in and ask bigger questions about how these stories are being presented to us and why. And we cannot, we cannot rely on our siblings of color to do this work or worse yet, do it for us. Aluo states, in this individualist nation, we like to believe that systemic racism doesn't exist. So acknowledging people of color, believing us, means challenging everything you believe about race in this country. And I know that that is a very big ask. I know that this is a painful and scary process, but I'm not lying and I'm not delusional. I am scared and I am hurting and we are dying and I really, really need you to believe me. Now is the time. May we each begin or continue the hard work that we are called to do, knowing that with us all the while is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Alleluia.
and amen. Friends, it is that God that brings us to this table, this table where all are invited to sit and feast together. This is God's table. It's not your table or my table, but Jesus invites us here and prepares this meal for us. So friends, if you don't have communion of some kind in front of you right now, you should pause right here and go get it. And then come back so that together we may join in this feast. Will you join me in prayer? Holy One, whose spirit is poured out upon all flesh, whose children you empower to prophesy, whose youth see visions, and whose elders dream dreams, we cry out to you with a loud hosanna. Where else shall we go, O Savior? All else has failed us. You alone have the words of eternal life. You came that we might have life more abundantly, but that abundance eludes too many of us, O God. Our news cycles are filled with despair. Our hearts ache as we wade through a global pandemic, reaching grim milestone after grim milestone. But even as we navigate a new threat, old ones still linger. Communities of color bear the uneven weight of a new disease, yet we see that racialized violence and the systemic injustice undergirding it have by no means given way to the demands of a pandemic. We speak some of the most recent names. Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, George Floyd, Tony McDade. We add them to the litany of names and people in a list far too long. This great cloud has witnessed persistent injustice and our perseverance in the face of it. Yet how can they rest when so many keep joining their ranks? We live in a world in which indigenous black and brown siblings are expected and compelled to offer forgiveness at a discount. Far too often life continues as if nothing has happened while our gaping wounds are still open. Forgiveness is too infrequently met with repentance. This, O oh God, we name as sin. It is our sin. Help and empower us to continue that work with diligence and faith. Remove our hearts of stone and replace them with hearts of flesh that are softened toward our siblings. Help us to reckon not only with our personal failings, but also with our institutional history and the ways the church has helped to create systems of inequity. We humble ourselves and cry out to you in the hope that you will hear us and heal us. We are but mortals, and yet you care for us. You challenge us, you forgive us, you call us forward. You call us to this table where we remember your son, the one who was born in a stable, who ate with sinners, who healed the sick, forgave the unrighteous, who died an unjust death on a cross and yet rose again and offers us new life. It is this story we proclaim to have power in our life and the ability to change us and the world. 
So at Thanksgiving, we take this bread and this cup and we proclaim the death and resurrection of our Lord. Receive our sacrifice of praise. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us that this meal may be a communion in the body and blood of our Lord. Make us one with Christ and with all who share this feast. Unite us in faith, encourage us with hope, inspire us to love that we may serve as your faithful disciples until we face, feast at your table in glory. We praise you, eternal God, through Christ, your word made flesh, in the holy and life-giving spirit now and forever. And we join together with one voice saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, on the night before Jesus died, he gathered with his friends and he took bread and he broke it saying, this is my body, broken for you. Whenever you do this, do so remembering me. And in the same way, he took the cup, saying, this is the cup of salvation shed in my blood for the forgiveness of your sins. Whenever you drink of it, do so remembering me. Friends, every time, that you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim, you proclaim the life-saving death of our Lord Jesus Christ until he comes again. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.